0: I would love to start at the beginning of our podcast with the anecdote I'm about to tell you about what the fuck my dog just did upstairs.
1: Oh no. Fun fact.
0: Prior to the start of our podcast, I made cookies. I'm working on making some sugar cookies and I'm going to try and make my own buttercream and make them look super cute. So I have two different trays of them cooling. One is up high in a place I know... Ruthie can't get to and the other one is on the stove in a place that she technically can't get to either but it is atop the stove what Ruthie did was paw so much at the stove that she turned on the burner that the cookie tray was sitting on top of and so when I went upstairs a gas is going all over the place because a bunch of the stoves are on and B, the cookies are burning bottom up and smoking everywhere.
1: Uh, Welcome to Say Smut, a literary podcast for readers and non-readers.
0: That's Sarah, and she loves books and she's mad at me because she did a three, two, one countdown and I clapped
1: during it. Yeah, we're not doing the clap anymore, but that's Hope and she loves pissing me off. No, uh, she also loves talking. And each episode, I break down the plots of some pretty wild books to Hope, who has not read them. And once again, today we have arrived. Sarah has read the book, Hope has not, and she is ready for... The craziness to ensue i'm born um, ready and by that i mean i'm not at all ready and in that way i am ready i mean what's more ready than not being ready i mean what's more ready than expecting the unexpected for me it's view? as
0: ready as i'm as i'm capable of being if we're being honest
1: which yeah. is not ready at all <laughs> For those of you who are not ready, uh, I want you to know that the content warnings involve a death of a parent and obviously sexual content. The death of a parent, I'm not going to talk about much. And so um, it's like a main plot point, but like, I'm not going to go into detail about it. So if this isn't for you, subscribe, come back. We'll chat next time. Um, if not, I'll go into some of our ratings. Uh, so StoryGraph, the rating, is, the average rating is 366 goodreads 3.62 my mental policy is if it's a Mm rom-com or a romance with a cartoon cover i am going to need it to be at least a 3.5 anything below a 3.5 i will not do now if i am thinking about like a fantasy or something it has to be like a 3.8 like i have higher standards sure sure, for other genres i read this during a time that i was not having a good time This is not a plot heavy book. So if you want like a rom-com that's an easy read, you can buzz through it really fast. It's got some smutty scenes to it. This is going to be your winner of the day. Okay. Um, So this is The Nanny by Lana Ferguson. I hope that's how you say Lana or Lana Ferguson. Um, This is her debut novel, which I just want you to know that her next novel is about a pair of werewolf shapeshifters who are working at a hospital and then they fake act like they're mates for different reasons i'm very excited some
0: would call that a departure
1: (laughs) i think that it's going to be really fun especially compared to her kind of tame plot line currently in this book so anyway um so as you can kind of tell from the headline the title headline can you tell i work in news (laughs) (laughs) the headline um breaking news it's a book this is a smut book about a nanny so to get us started i want to get all the ick out of the way because yes there's a power dynamic when you have sex with your nanny um so i would like hope to get all the ick out of the way for us and tell us a little bit about some of the most famous instances of celebrities having sex with their nannies
0: Yes, my research for this week is called "Sleeping with the Nanny," and the <laughs> main disclaimer is that in addition to talking about adultery, I'm mostly going to be singing the nanny, like the TV show yeah. with Fran Drescher. I don't care if you care. So, no, that's, no it's excellent. It's a great I'm add-on. Sorry that I'm not sorry, but yes, I did look up uh, "Sleeping with the Nanny," uh, particularly famous celebrities who have done this. There are a lot. Um, my research notes start. And I wrote this myself, so you're welcome. Celebrities are hot. So are nannies. Naturally, they hook up all the time. I tried to get Google's generative AI to cur- curate, excuse me, a timeline for me, and it couldn't do it. <laughs> it's like there's
1: been so many.
0: There's been so how many. many you, like, I truly tried to search the, the first time. I don't even know how we would track this information, but like the first celebrity
1: to sleep with a nanny. Like there's just no... <laughs> Research like that isn't going to work. And you know that there's been way more people who have slept with their nannies that have not been reported, and we will never know.
0: More than people and objects Zeus has slept with ever, probably. And that's really saying something, because it's a lot.
1: (laughs) It's a lot. So So
0: anyway, I pulled a list of some of these instances um, of celebrities sleeping with their nannies. There are so many, and we love to gossip. So we're going to start with the classic, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger um Arnold Schwarzenegger revealed I guess I didn't realize how this feels kind of recent to me even though I guess it's not in 2011 he said he had an affair in the 90s with a nanny that he'd had for his family named Mildred Bina. they had a son together and uh (laughs) wait hold on hold
1: on it's one thing to be having sex with a nanny it's another thing to create an entire life with the nanny
0: Yeah, I mean, if it's your intention to start a family with your nanny and it's something you've consented upon with uh, everybody who's involved in a relationship, then I guess, good for you, I'm gonna guess this was a bit of a surprise, but that's fine. Anyway, so they did have a child together, and when this news came out in 2011, he was married to and then became divorced from Maria Shriver.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Which, yeah, obviously.
1: Oh, look, I'm going to be honest. I know nothing. I, I know a lot about pop culture and whatnot, but this is a topic that I would not be able to name one person who's had sex with their nanny. So everybody you tell me is going to be a shock. Conversely, I believe that my mom would know a lot of these instances. <laughs> Somebody get Lynette. Somebody call Lynette. Get her in here.
0: Get her on the pod to talk about these affairs. The next affair that I would like to talk about is Benefer, which in this case is Ben Affleck oh. and Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. It feels bad to say a classic, like, I don't condone here's adultery, a- but... <laughs> yeah, here's a classic instance of adultery in pop culture. Here's a, here's a fun time that a relationship crumbled and ended in divorce. Um, they divorced in 2018, and according to Jennifer, she had learned that Ben had an affair with their nanny um, after the divorce. So actually, okay. I rescind what I said a little bit. They were getting divorced already, and uh, the affair was found out about as that was happening,
1: I think we all know that that was probably a crumbling marriage to start with. The nanny wasn't going to be the straw that broke that camel's back.
0: No, maybe just everything else. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Next up, we have Jude Law. There are some people on here who I forget. Jude Law? Are, yeah, are known for having Jude had affairs Law? previously.
1: Yeah, that's I'm true. Sorry too. if everybody's saying, Sarah, how did you not know that Jude Law had an affair with his nanny? But I'm gonna sit back and tell you the only thing I know about this man is that he looks hella good in some some cute little glasses in a holiday rom com. That's all I can tell you about this man. And all I
0: can tell you is that I don't know if I would have cast him as Dumbledore, but oh, someone no, no, did. No, we
1: don't talk about that.
0: Mm -mm. anyway so jude law had an affair with his children's nanny around 2005 um and he was engaged to sienna miller who is an actress that i'm not familiar with Mm. at the time of that so that's not very nice
1: no not cool no all right Um, i can't i can't accept that one so we're just gonna move
0: on (laughs) reject move on um (laughs) you'll be so glad you did because the next one i have here is john gosling of john and kate plus eight
1: fame. oh which that's just like that that's still playing out. Like they do interviews yeah. every once in a while about how like
0: uh,
1: how unhinged that relationship is. And it's yeah. just not
0: John good. uh reportedly had an affair with a nanny. Uh and this was confirmed by that nanny in
1: 2009 Oh. Okay. So all there right. There you go. That's <laughs> again. I it's
0: think there was a lot
1: <laughs> I think there's a lot of straws on that camel's back.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't know that adultery might is like the key to these uh, relationships falling apart. It's just part. It's just part of it. It's yeah, it's just like involved, or it's not involved, and it's just like circumstantial or mm-hmm. a side effect. Any will bees. Uh, Mick Jagger's nanny said that she and Mick had an affair when he was married to Jerry Hall uh in what i was surprised to learn about because i didn't know this at all robin williams had an affair with a nanny in the 80s no uh huh well he was married and then the pair divorced and he married the woman who the the nanny who he had had an affair with but then they divorced in
1: 2010 oh that's heartbreaking yeah okay we need to move on from that one because i can't think about it too hard yeah
0: and last <laughs> but not least it? Um, Ethan Hawke divorced Uma Thurman in 2005 and married their children's nanny. Now, to be fair, it doesn't say that they had an affair and then he
1: left Uma Thurman and then he got married to the nanny. Okay, so the timeline is a little question mark.
0: Yeah, I don't have those those exact deeds, but it did. It at least was a situation in which, you know, they ended yeah. up getting married to the nannies. It's I mean it's, it's like when you break up with somebody and then very shortly after you break up, you notice they're dating someone they were just friends with Yeah, you were dating.
1: Or it like gives me just because we last did a historical romance, I'm thinking it's like, Oh, you got caught in a compromising position with this woman. Now you must marry her. <laughs> it's like, or that, you know, that's, sometimes that
0: happens that's between my, you and your nanny.
1: Okay, well. Thank you for that historical lesson. I yes, appreciate you're it. You're
0: welcome. And thank you to the New York Times and a really crappy article from Ranker
1: <laughs> for that information. <laughs> I want nothing less for your uh your what am I thinking? Sources. I want mm-hmm. I want literally like people, we, us magazine, we weekly yes, or whatever it is. When the subject is affairs, you're gonna get what you expect in terms Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Well, now that we got all the ick off of us, let's get into some of the um, cute rom-com, if we can call it that, because we're going to try and justify this the best we can. Um, So we are opening on our main character, Cassie, who has just been laid off from her job. She's in grad school for occupational therapy, and she was working at a children's hospital, but now she has no job, and she's like, I don't know how I am going to pay for rent, for school, everything that's understandable
0: i've heard that the coolest people get laid off
1: yeah on to the next anyway uh uh so she's talking with her only friend which i hate when they do this in in any type of book where they're like she didn't have like any friends other than this elderly person yeah why
0: why do ladies got to be sad and
1: have only one friend why i am sad and have a bajillion friends yeah, no, I mean, we can be depressed together, yeah. everybody. So she's talking with her friend Wanda, who's 70 years old, and her neighbor. And she's like, I don't know how I can financially make it. And Wanda, 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 Wanda mentions that she could go back to being a cam girl. Because, yes, Cassie was at one point a cam girl and had like an OnlyFans. Look. Okay. I, off the bat i have absolutely no problems
0: with being a, a cam girl no. and having an OnlyFans. fans i am bamboozled as to why
1: you have told this elderly woman about your pursuits look i'm gonna tell you that wanda is so cool like wanda is a little player she goes around she's sleeping with everybody at bingo i mean she is like definitely was at woodstock i mean she has probably been arrested numerous times she's the one you're going to tell about the OnlyFans. We've said it before and we'll say it again. Old people get horny too. Old people get horny too. Um, So she did an OnlyFans in which she had a mask on and had a wig and so like she had her anonymity, right? And she quit about a year ago because of something that happened that we as the reader don't know right away. Okay? Okay. So she ends up getting an interview for a nannying job and is kind of blown away it's a live in opportunity it pays super well and she's like okay so what's the problem right like why is it this great what's of an the opportunity? catch yes and so she goes up and um Meets with this guy who's going to interview her for the nannying job. And she rolls up to the super nice restaurant, like uber, uber nice. And she's in this beautiful dress. And she's like, I'm going to go have dinner with this super fancy person who's very rich, apparently, blah, blah, blah. And she's like trying to put her best foot forward, but then doesn't realize when the chef comes out of the kitchen that he is the guy interviewing her and not like, oh, our like. She mistakes him, right? For who he's actually is. And then she's like, Oh, so you're a chef here, and that's why you asked me to come here for the interview, and you're not actually taking me to dinner or anything crazy. And it's just like this awkward, like, oh, both of us misread this situation. Interesting. I don't know that my assumption would have
0: necessarily been, I gotta get so fancy for fancy dinner for this job interview.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who's I would have I would have dressed appropriately for a job interview. Exactly, so enter Aiden, who is super hot. Mm-hmm. He's like tall, mm-hmm. got dark curly hair, and he's a chef who like only wears black and he's like a little mysterious. But this is the part where, like he's gonna he's like, you're the best qualified person I have seen come through. like Sophie is my daughter. She's nine years old she's had a couple nannies before but they've never really been a great fit and he kind of like mentions she's really strong-willed and he she may have low-key run these nannies off right um and so he's <laughs> like that is why i'm paying a bunch of money um and it's like kind of a little bit of a sound of music moment right where it's like right Uh, I need a nanny who's going to put up with these, this kid. Um, (laughs) My
0: children are terrorists. Please Take care of them.
1: And so uh, he's like, I'm also like always working late nights at this restaurant. I have, I need somebody who can, you know, be there for her. And so he's desperate, very Mm -hmm. desperate. So at this point, will you kind of tell me how much money this guy is likely making? If he's like a Michelin star chef.
0: Yes, I would love to. Um, Similar to the last time we've reported like salary and job related topics, a lot of my sources are from like ZipRecruiter, um talent.com, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I'm going to come at you with two very different salary ranges based on very different things I found online. And I'm going to start with the low end. So, according to ZipRecruiter's list of average Average Michelin star salaries by state. The highest average annual salary for a Michelin chef is approximately $51,228. And in Nevada of all the states. Like so Nevada is okay. according to this source, that's the highest annual salary for a Michelin chef. Um, for the cool kids who at home who want to know, that's an average hourly wage of like $24.63. Um, the State with the lowest average Michelin star salary is, according to the ZipRecruiter website in Florida, at uh, a little over $33,000 annually, which is about $15.89 an hour. And I figured you would ask, Sarah, so the average in Iowa, according to ZipRecruiter, is $39,000 annually or $18.80 an hour, and the average in Wisconsin is 41 k annually or $19.80 an hour. Now, I started with this because it's pretty low ball estimate compared to the rest of the Internet. Um, And again, I saw lots of fluctuation on this. Um, So Google in general, um, talent.com and a bunch of other articles I looked at put salary ranges for a Michelin star to be higher than that. Although I think it typically depends on where your restaurant is located and what kind of restaurant it is. Uh, but talent.com estimates the range being between $70,000 and $100,000 per year, uh, at most around $50 an hour. Uh, a hilarious website called com, which is actually a brand site for <laughs> San Pellegrino. It's not like, and I don't know why San Pellegrino made this website, but go off, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> Their fine dining lovers website lists several salary estimates based on job and location. So um, a mid-career Michelin star head chef in London might make around $33,000 annually. While a more experienced chef could earn between forty dollars and fifty. dollars In Paris, it could be between sixty dollars and $70,000 a year. Um, head chefs in Japan often... Uh, earn over 10 million yen, which equates to around $92,000 in US dollars. Um, and that was when this article came out in 2020 that I looked at. And then, like a New York City Michelin star head chef can make up to around $100,000 a year. Uh, the average salary for a US Michelin star chef restaurant, excuse me, is a little under 57000 So, like, much like a lot of the career stuff we looked at uh, with crabbing in our first episode, uh, the pay varies a lot depending on the person's years of experience and the restaurant that they're working at and the location of that restaurant. But low, low end, the like 30,000s and generally high, high end up into like the 100,000s I guess
1: like I'm just disappointed because every time we make a guy rich and don't get me wrong, I love a hot chef. I dated a hot chef. And if you're listening, yeah, I I we ended on not great terms, but I still count you as a hot chef. So it didn't listening. detract
0: from the fact that you're a hot chef.
1: Yeah, and look, the fact of the matter is, we don't need to always make them rich. It's okay. They can have an average income mm-hmm. because this man he, he's allegedly over in I'm guessing the LA area because they make it sound like it's um you know California because they talk about Disneyland later and stuff. So mm. I I just think you know even if it's a hundred thousand you're not rolling in no, it. No, certainly not. Well,
0: the other thing too is like either make people have normal salaries or if they're going to be rich, be realistic about the weird job they have being early on nfts or like inheriting it from their parents or Or
1: have him be like yeah he was a chef but now he owns a bunch of restaurants and now he's like he still has those chef capabilities but he be owning the restaurant
0: he's the president of a bank in a small midwestern state where that makes maybe a lot of money i don't know
1: i don't know so hey was that all the that was all yeah hey thank you so much you're welcome always um, and also, somebody commented on TikTok being like, I don't understand how, like, under the crab fisherman video that was like, oh. I, this could have still been billions by your calculations. And I'm like... Okay, you guys, we are not experts. We're pulling this shit out of our ass half the time. Right.
0: And also, I don't think so because of no. the research I did.
1: No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also- the very
0: limited season for which the crabs can happen and the very limited amount of crabs there can be at any given time. And also the death.
1: Also, Hope and I are not excellent at math, but we're pretty decent. And I would say that we we talk that one out. So. Look, I'm going to come back to the point that, yes, maybe our main character, Aiden, put some of this money in really good investments, and he maybe. popped off and, like, got a lot of money. So that's what we're just going to assume in the back of our head, okay?
0: Yeah, he could have hopped in early on some NFT bro shit yeah. and then made it out before everything tanked. I don't know if NFTs are tanking. It
1: just sounds like we're buzzwords that I should say when I'm talking winter. about
0: NFTs. That's what but we
1: call it now is a crypto winter, which I still don't it's quite a understand. Crypto winter. Anyway, I don't know if we're still technically in crypto winter, but we were. Um, So, hey, let's hop back in our story because we know nothing about crypto. Um, So she agrees to take the job and Uh she moves in and he's got this gorgeous home, like multiple stories. She Cassie has her own bedroom on her own floor because like him and his daughter are on a separate floor. And so she kind of has her own area. Aiden is like welcoming her in. And she of course drops one of her bags and her underwear spills out. Oops. Oh no. I hate when that happens. So embarrassing. <laughs> and uh so it's kind of like, she's still a little bit fumbling through this interaction with him. And Cassie meets Sophie and kind of gets a little win because obviously Sophie's not super excited about having another nanny. Mm-hmm. And, like Sophie uh, gets won over by some pancakes because even though her dad is a wow. chef, she doesn't like his food, but she likes when Cassie makes pancakes. Well,
0: that, a, honestly, I get that though. Because what is it? What kind of food is a Michelin star chef making? Probably something, uh, I don't know, with like compotes and foams and
1: probably, and is like, you know, on a small yeah. plate blending up weird shit in Mm -hmm, there and it's like mm -hmm. just get me that box of pancake mix and throw some milk in there and then throw it on you know the griddle Yeah, like I could eat this jellied fish or I could just have some pancakes. Yeah, absolutely. So Cassie is kind of low-key fishing for what happened to Sophie's mom, Rebecca. And we find out that many moons ago, Sophie's mom and Aiden had a one-night stand. She got pregnant and they tried to make it work, but they realized that it was just a one-night stand and they are only friends. Convenient Yes. And so they co-parented just fine. But then about a year ago, Rebecca had a stroke and died very unexpectedly. And he got full custody of uh, Sophie. And now he low-key feels like he's failing her because he was never really meant to be a full-time dad, he feels like. Like, you know, I have a very serious job and I'm always there and I just am not around for her enough, blah, blah, blah. So we also find out that Cassie's parents aren't really in the picture. This is not a big deal to the plot line. It just, like, adds to her conversations to him about what parenting is and, like, Mm -hmm. is he a good parent and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to emphasize again that the book does not have an enormous plot. There are a lot of small moments that show buildup of the relationship between characters, like... The first nights, uh, Cassie is there. She bonds with Sophie and kind of introduces her to the Shrek movies. And then, like, they get really into Encanto. And like, there's this whole, you know, there are lots of little moments like that. And what references,
0: I- references, references.
1: Yeah, this is not going to age. Um, so. Another thing I appreciate is, about this book is that many times when there are a single parent trope in a book, when there's a single parent trope, they kind of use the kid as a prop, but not as a character. And they don't give the kid much of a purpose. In this right. book, Sophie has a very prominent role and is in a majority of the scenes. So it doesn't feel like she's just there to make the dad look hot and single, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> Um, Some people like me think kids are gross. (laughs) Uh,
1: But there are also many nights where Sophie's gone to bed and Aiden comes home late and Cassie's in the living room or the kitchen and they have a small conversation or they get up early before, you know, Sophie's awake and they're having coffee over the kitchen island, you know, so there's lots of moments And, of course, during all of this, he's, you know, rumpled after his long day at work. And she's in a skimpy shorts and tank top type of pajamas. Like you would wear when you're being a nanny. And your nipples are hard. And the sexual tension is building. By the way, there is a nipple situation later. Um, But Cassie is doing a really great job at this nannying gig. I mean, like. I don't like how much hard nipples are involved in nannying. You know what? the ac kicks on you just can't help yourself uh so you know she's doing really great at this job and sophie you know is running late for school because she can't find her shoes and cassie knows exactly where she left them and they got this great rapport you know it's going great except for the fact that her boss is super hot and lives in the same house as her so we also find out that sophie's aunt is in the picture this is rebecca's sister okay and mm-hmm. Sophie's Aunt Iris is interesting because she's single and childless, but she also never really got along with Aiden. And especially after Rebecca passed away, Iris really wanted full custody of Sophie sure, and sure. kind of says that like Aiden isn't a good enough dad. And also she's under this idea that Aiden shouldn't be using a nanny, which I find interesting because she owns a flower shop that she used to own with Rebecca. So I'm like, okay, you're a small business owner. When do you think you're going to take care of her?
0: Right. What, what's your schedule look like on the day to day? And how is it, how's it better than this?
1: Which like, I know he works more nights and like, I know like having a daytime business would be correlating with school more often, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's not perfect. Right. No, I wouldn't say that.
0: It just feels like if you're a small business owner, the likelihood that you're going to have to go
1: and, like, do more emergent stuff. Like, it just seems like you'd be so busy. Yeah. And also, you're a florist. I can imagine there's probably weddings and, like, big events that you're, you know. So, anyway, Iris, keep your shit out of this. But she won't. Um, Plus, this kid
0: apparently is kind of a terrorist. Why do you want to hang out so bad?
1: Well, they're besties. So, oh, interesting. There's also this awkward conversation where Aiden's like, So, your dating life, like, I don't want you to feel like you can't date because you live with your boss and his daughter. Oh. And she was like, I, she like makes this joke that's so funny. And she didn't even think about it before it came out of her mouth. That was like, I would just need like a living boyfriend who wants to get freaky at like all odd hours of the night. And then, he looks at her like, and those. <laughs> I know this is a little, this is an audio medium, Um, but it's a little like okay. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like that was so embarrassing. Like I that was stupid. That was dumb. Yeah, I don't. Please stop. And she was like, what about you? Do you have like a sock on the doorknob type of policy? And he's like, absolutely not. No time for dating. Don't even have time for my daughter. Also (laughs) weird. Also just generally weird question to ask your boss. Yeah. You know, there's no HR department, but damn, there should be. So the first (laughs) meeting between Cassie and Iris isn't great. Like obviously Iris is standoffish and Cassie is over accommodating. She's trying to make a good impression despite this woman like, We'll never like her. Um, and th- so that just kind of continues to be a thing. Like Iris continues to pop up and mm-hmm. their interactions will get more and more interesting. Okay. So during, again, we just kind of keep flipping between who's having conversations and what part of the house, essentially. Um So during one of these early morning, late night combos between Aiden and Cassie, he's concerned that his work is becoming more demanding and he's not home enough. And she says to him, you know, Sophie really misses you. And I'm like, not trying to dad guilt you, but technically I am. Um, (laughs) So She's just like, yeah, she misses you when you're not here. Like she wants you to go, like go to the beach with us and like go to the park with us. And it sucks. And like, he's like, okay like thanks for making me feel worse like Like, that's great and i can't change what my job makes me have to do yeah so anyway cassie has now built up this rapport with sophie and sophie is now opening up about her mom's death and she's like crying and expressing her feelings and it's all very healthy and like you know Except for the fact that, you know, Aiden should be working through this with his daughter, probably. Yeah, maybe. So, Aiden, as I mentioned earlier, there's a situation with some nipples. Um, And they are in the kitchen one night. And she's wearing a skimpy little tank top. And all of a sudden, the AC kicks on. And her nipples go hard. And he just stares at them. And for some reason, this causes, like, a weird interaction between them. Where she's like well gotta go to bed and then he doesn't like (laughs) bye and then he like ignores her for like a few hours the next day and then is like yeah you're right i was ignoring you because i don't want you to feel uncomfortable here sorry for staring at those tickle bitties (laughs) i don't know why we made such a big deal about nipples in this situation it's not like he grabbed them or like smacked them around a little bit like i (laughs) i don't know also wear a freaking bra i don't know what to tell you also like or don't and it just doesn't even need to matter no like if you guys are living together that's it is what it is like he also has nipples that get hard when it's cold oh trust me we'll get into it um so like i'm gonna also mention that right now there, at the beginning of each chapter, is a little vignette that's only maybe a couple paragraphs long, like maybe a couple sentences long, that shows an interaction between Cassie and one of her clients on her OnlyFans website. So sometimes it's mm-hmm. the client um, sending a message after they did a cam together, or sending a digital tip, like you know, a payment, like a like a, essentially a Venmo, um, or you know. It, the paragraph explains what he asks her to do during these private shows, you know, like so, but they what it becomes is they're slowly more and more intimate. It's less and less about the sexual elements and more about like them having conversations after she gives him a private show and them staying on calls a little bit longer and him texting Mm -hmm. her about his day and like it's becoming a little bit more and more about that, right? Interest. Oh... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so hard to put ha it together. What happened what ha happened was that <laughs> she
0: fell in love with a client.
1: <laughs> yes. Um so uh one of these interactions uh with this client who has never been seen before because every time they do it his camera's off. Uh he sees Cassie's scar on her like back shoulder which is like a scar from her childhood um when she was like alone at home once making dinner for herself because her parents were very neglectful like she burned herself with some water whatever and so she does a does a really good job of hiding it but like it accidentally gets shown and he asks her about it so they have a whole conversation he's like well i have a scar too and he tells her about her his scar and blah 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 so one so keep that filed in the back of your brain i have
0: it filed in a very special case
1: so one day Cassie and Sophie are coming home from the park and Iris is just waiting at the house unannounced. And she like, I mean, that's first kind of rude, but she's kind of short with Cassie. Like, I like saying, like, I don't need an excuse to see my niece, blah, blah, blah. And like Cassie kind of sends Sophie in inside. And and you was, don't gets need an moment. excuse, but you got to make some arrangements. Yeah. First. And so she gets a moment alone with Iris and Iris says, you know, oh, is is Aiden working again? And also, what do you expect, girl? You know, you know he's working. I don't know why you're asking.
0: Yeah, it's it's the only thing he's ever doing because he's not even home with yeah. his kid. He's only ever working.
1: She, she's just shitting on Aiden uh, that he's never there for Sophie. He sucks, whatever. And when Cassie interrupts to defend Aiden, Iris implies that Cassie is much younger than his other nannies and much prettier, And seems a lot more invested. Hmm. I wonder why. Mm. And like obviously implies that they are banging. Um, and obviously this conversation does not end well. So that night Aiden comes home and he doesn't, this is the stupidest scene in the world. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I embraced <laughs> that Cassie is on the couch, like kind of fell asleep there. Cause she was waiting for him to have a conversation about Iris mm-hmm. and he spills a beer. And instead of just getting a towel, he's so tired that he just takes off his shirt and cleans up the mess with his shirt.
0: You know, the normal thing. Normal people do.
1: You're literally in a kitchen. I bet there was paper towels within three feet of you Get hand towels
0: in a kitchen that a wow. chef owns. No way.
1: So ridiculous if you're asking me, but they chalk it up to him being exhausted. Um, she sees him and is like, he's like, oh, I should get a shirt on. And she's like, no, no, no. I just need a quick talk to you. And then of course she can't stop staring at his nipples now, which what goes around comes around.
0: Ma'am, uh, no, stop. Those are nope. his nipples.
1: <laughs> There's no way he's a boy. <laughs> that doesn't mean he doesn't have nipples. <laughs> if anybody knows the meme you know if you know you know if you know you know (laughs) so cassie kind of gives him another lecture about sophie missing him and like talk like confiding about rebecca's death and like oh by the way iris came by and was a bitch and as they're ending the conversation she notices this scar that's on his abs that's in the shape of a heart and he quickly tells her Oh, yeah, it's a weird scar I got when I spilled oil on me on accident during uh, culinary school. And it's the same story she got from her client uh-huh. when they were talking about scars.
0: Uh-huh. This is all um, so convenient.
1: <laughs> well, it's just going to get more and more Convenient. Ridiculous. Um, (laughs) So now Cassie realizes that Aiden is her mystery client that she got a little too close with back in the day. And we're going to switch to Aiden's POV where he reveals that like he had gotten on OnlyFans because he was desperate and lonely. That's according to him. But mm-hmm. who isn't, you know? Sure. Yeah. Who among us? <laughs> so he became too attached to this one girl's videos and started getting private shows. But she seemed lonely too. Like, you know, a sad girl, sad girl.
0: I interesting yeah it's just her her body (laughs) gyrated but her eyes were dead and so
1: yes that's essentially the description
0: Uh, All action from the from
1: the nose down Stone cold in the eye. Yeah, Yeah, she just looked so lonely when she was doing everything he asked her to It was a really sexy dance, but she did pout the whole time. She did cry, actually. She did actually cry. She was sobbing. and (laughs) Awesome dancing, a little wet, and not in the good way. And not in the good way. So they also had many nights where they would continue to talk when the show was over, but then she disappeared. And so his internal dialogue... Uh, he's having this while he's in the shower. And of course, he's starting to get off to the idea of CeCe, the cam girl, which let me just remind you that this girl's name is Cassie. Uh Cassie CeCe. And then let's make this all the stupider when you realize that he went by the name A. (laughs) Wow. I Also, here's something that's just bothered me personally.
0: I imagine that the user base of OnlyFans is... Massive and global, yeah, in, to some degree. And so, I'm just trying to understand the odds that two people who live in the same place, first of all, would fight each other on OnlyFans, and then, and then, secondly, re encounter each other by way of needing a nanny and
1: hiring her. Like, there's so many people who use OnlyFans. So sucky pseudonyms but Cassie takes Sophie to meet Wanda and they hit it off like they're good old friends and I wish I had more to say about Wanda because she really is a funny hysterical character in this book but she there's no purpose to her like she's there to be the sounding board for the main character and it doesn't really have much of her own purpose until later. So meanwhile, Aiden is trying to be a better dad. And what better way to win over your kid than buy their love with a trip to Disneyland. Hey, it would work on me. I still enjoy a Disney theme park. I do. Um, but in all seriousness, she wants to go for her birthday. So he agrees and they go. He's also like taking her to the park and like staying for breakfast. So he is doing other things. Speaking of the park, um, when they go to the park, someone mistakes, you know, them for a couple, of course, which oh, leads so to embarrassing. Like, I hate when that happens. So awkward. And so this leads to like kind of a fumbling moment where Aiden Loki tells her that he would she would be far out of his league if they ever were be, to be considered like that. It's just like now leads to a multiple hour um, internal dialogue. For her to like wonder about what that means Maybe right it means and here's what, I, here's what I think it means uh, I agree
0: because if a dude is so self-sad that he's like you're too good for me you probably are too good for him and yeah, you should go not. somewhere else
1: so they go to Disneyland want- and have a ball of a time and they get an Airbnb to stay the night before driving home the next day because they wanted to stay for the fireworks and Sophie is like KO'd from her big day at Disney <laughs> Cassie is like exiting the bathroom after getting ready for bed and she runs into Aiden, things have been tense. They've been awkward. Are they going to fuck at Disneyland? They're not at Disneyland. They're at an Airbnb in Anaheim. Okay. <laughs> and they are both trying hard not to like, not to make the other person like file an HR complaint. Like they're both like, I've been avoiding you because. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Well, I'm trying to not make you uncomfortable. Well, I just keep staring at your nipples. Well, I just keep staring at your nipples. Everybody's staring at nipples in this confusing, strange breast of a time. Strange breast (laughs) times. And so uh, un- unfamiliar breasts everywhere. There, the world is full of strange breasts, full of them. And in this bathroom doorway hallway situation, uh he's like, "I feel confused around you, and I sh- i feel crazy around you." I just and imagine I- that
0: they accidentally touch nipples, like bump into the hallway, just like chest bump a little and, bit, and, yeah, and just accidentally oh, touch sorry.
1: nipples. Oh no. <laughs> And then, okay, this is gonna just make all this the better. Oh, and goodness. he then looks down at her nipples that are peeking out from her tank top again because they're hard. Oh, and he's like, like, up or down, like out the top or no, out no, 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 just like they're just peeking out to say hello. And he's like it's my favorite like the top tank top like the tank top says favorite so then they just are making out and she like pushes him into the bathroom and there's a brief moment of like should we do this with sophie in the other room and he's like you gotta be quiet (laughs) wow and again we have a wonderful little check-in and she's like, I got an IUD and he's like, well, I don't have any condoms cause I didn't expect to fuck you. Like, and they both get regular checkups. We love a sex positive health report. You got to talk about that stuff before you get nasty. And after you yes. talk about it, you can get super nasty. You can just consent, 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 consent. And he then has sex with her on the bathroom counter and they agree to keep things separate. You know, her, their relationship with Sophie And her work with Sophie is obviously going to be much like separate than their relationship and whatever. And cause that works. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me
0: more about how you're going to separate from the nanny who lives in your house.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) now begins a series of like stolen moments of like kissing and like sex against walls and in random places because they need to keep quiet. And they're like, whatever. And It's just like, okay, you know, it's fine, fine, fine. My thing is it's a lot of sex. It's just not interesting sex in the terms of like, it's kind of the same scene over and over again. You know what I mean? When they have the sexual scenes. Throw a doorknob in there once or twice. Yeah. Why not? Get freaky. Uh, (laughs) Could be a son of Zeus. Who knows? Um, So now remember she's has, he's seen the scar on her shoulder when she was a cam girl. So now he, she's like, I can't show it to him now. So she's doing everything she can to not show that part of her back. (laughs) Absolutely. No doggy style. (laughs) She is doing lights off. She is shirt on. She's lots of missionary um so at one point under the covers but from the top up instead of the bottom down yes exactly so at one point he goes down on her and she's like uh i don't typically orgasm that way and he's literally like she literally says she has a quote busted vagina oh that's sad girl not i you should never ever say that about your own body women are beautiful not ever and two not because you don't get off on someone going down
0: on you that doesn't mean you're busted
1: needless to say he proves her wrong because he gives her an orgasm i find that trope annoying yeah i do too um so anyway aunt iris comes around to see sophie it was planned this time for her birthday and this goes really well um actually cassie is like excited to be having these little victories with iris you know they're making progress Mm -hmm. and while sophie is out with her aunt for her birthday of course aiden and cassie are at it like rabbits um and this man has a filthy mouth i mean he's telling her what to do he's telling her like you know all sorts of very very filthy things very crass very crude and if if anybody knows the good girl trope this has the good girl Uh, trope. So it's like, do this. And when they do it, good girl, you know? So just know that there's lots of that. And also there's a moment where he picks her up and he's just holding her, having sex with her while he's standing. And I just can't. That's a strong chef. Yeah. And that's also like, like, I don't know. I just think. Ratatouille
0: could never. What? I said Ratatouille could never. (laughs) I don't get it. Am I dumb? I just, no, I just, I don't think that Ratatouille could pull the hairs of a person sustained to be strong enough to hold up another human being. I didn't know Ratatouille was in this book. I just, we were all talk about chefs. I just thought it was a natural oh, hand Oh,
1: thank you You so forgot we
0: were talking about you a read little bit. The
1: book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so focused man. on the mechanics of this that I was like. Why are we referencing chefs for a minute there? I can't imagine why. That, wow, that's that a movie was about so nannies. Embarrassing. That was so embarrassing, but you we're know, never going to address it Disney's again. Disney's
0: Ratatouille, where a small mouse controls a nanny.
1: Yes, apparently. <laughs> Who fucks oh the gosh. dad of the kid he's
0: watching? We all saw that movie.
1: Yeah, he kept his chef hat on during sex, too. So. Ratatouille! Did he actually, <laughs> though? No. Okay, no. <laughs> so, anyway, but can you just picture it for me, like, for a second? Like, this man is standing, holding mm. her waist, like... Yeah, no, I can visualize it. It it doesn't seem like it would work in my mind, logically. And that's why I said Ratatouille could never. Yeah. So back to Sophie. She's having a hard time at school making friends. So Cassie comes up with an idea for them to go to the zoo with one of her friends from grad school and that girl's niece. So like Uh, kind of like a double force friendship, force friendship date. Situation. Yeah. If if you're
0: social, that's like a little play date.
1: If you're antisocial, yeah.
0: that's something I've just
1: called personal hell. friendship. <laughs> a personal hell. We were forced friendship. That's hmm. true. I like to think of it. But, and no one even took us to the zoo, which is no lame. one did. We've never gone. That's major. Maybe we should do that. Um, so we're seeing more, the good thing is it goes well, these girls get along they start making friends. Right. And they, you know, progress. Yay. 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 Okay. So Aiden has a phone call with the owner of his restaurant and pretty much tells him he wants to dial it back so he can spend more time at home. And the boss was like, of course, dude, you work your ass off. And like, I have a feeling this has to do with a girl, like a girl settling you down, which I think would be good. And they have this lovely call right after this phone call, Iris Uh, calls Aiden, during which Iris is like, I really think Cassie cares and loves about Sophie. Yeah. Which is, like, sweet, but then at the same time... if you're a nanny,
0: because I think there's probably a rule against, you know, getting attached to kids you can't keep.
1: Yeah, that's also probably true. But there's also this moment where she is, like, there is a beautiful young lady in your house, and you're not having sex with her, allegedly, and I'm worried that that, if you did have sex with her, which wink-wink, nudge-nudge, we all think you are, um... That would mess up the relationship for you and Sophie and Sophie and her trust with adults. Like, I have to say, you know, Iris may come off a little like bitchy, but at the same time, she's absolutely right in everything she says.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I don't think it's in general reasonable to assume that someone is fucking their nanny. No, in this specific case, it happens to be true.
1: But Cassie decides when like one night she's going to tell this man about the cam and she can't keep hiding her back from him all the time. So she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But when he comes home, he seduces her and she's like, you know what? Forgot about the plan. You know what? I'm going to get dicked down instead. And so right after they're done having sex, the doorbell rings and it's Iris and they're doing their best to like cover it up and make it look casual, but it's so obvious. Right. right it stinks in here you guys yeah you guys i can literally smell the sex in this room so another night comes around and she's like i gotta tell this man and she's been studying and like staying up late and she's been drinking and then she's kind of deliriously kind of out of it and she spills her wine and what does she do but take off her shirt to clean it up it does not make sense especially since wine stains i have a Of all the things that could be the what the smut moment
0: of this book, it's going to be people just taking their shirts off to dry stuff.
1: Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm assuming it's red wine at this point too. So like, Why are you using your shirt to clean up red wine when that stains? But okay. Um, So he walks in on her and she's like trying to cover up her back, her back. And he's like, why are you being so sketchy?
0: Like this is an audio medium, but imagine someone just kind of frantically trying to cover their shoulders with their hands in a way that you could. Yeah.
1: And also she, she, she needed to tell him. So finally she just turns around and shows her back. And what do you think the reaction is? I hope. I hope he's excited. Well, at first he's disappointed, but he's not disappointed that she lying to him. She's disappointed that he, he's disappointed that she's held this in for so long that it's been upsetting her for so long. Because oh, we have to sure. make him redeemable, right? We can't it, give it, him it's... real human emotions of being upset about somebody lying. But okay, interesting. Um, it's all so interesting. They get talking, and it turns out they, you know, they liked each other so much they were going to meet up in person for real. But he stood her up and it was because Rebecca died. And so he was like in a swarm of grief. He was taking care of his kid. She thought he went MIA. But when he finally came back to apologize to her, she had deleted her whole account. I'm so sorry. My, my friend baby mama died. Yes. So then he, they start hooking up against a wall because now he's having the realization that the girl he wanted before and the girl he wants now are the same person. And it is so great for him all about she already lives at his house yes this all came came up roses came up daisies um so now they're having sex double time like i mean <laughs> sex is just profuse it's sextra everywhere sex sextra, sextra and sex just extra um so- <laughs> i also thought that i'm so Thank proud you. of you for doing it <laughs> i'll do it for you uh but they also decide to tell sophie that they're dating and this is kind of met with a um so what Like And literally, Sophie's like, well, you know, if you guys break up, I'm taking her side. Which, fair. Uh, And Aiden is going to take Cassie to his big boss's big birthday dinner. And so Sophie's going to go and spend the night at Wanda's house so that they can go on this date. Okay. Interesting. So he buys cassie a really fancy dress for the party they go it's a wonderful time he wants to take her home and do the dirty so they go home she puts on his chef's coat and seduces him he they says do, yes chef yes chef very um sub yes chef they do a little role play, like she's still the cam girl and he's still watching, which is like maybe the kinkiest it gets. They make this. like a little computer
0: frame and just no, hold it up yeah. over her while she just kind of poses into stuff. It's just her scar and
1: nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're reverse, we have to only look at the scar. Um, and by the way, during this time, she confesses that towards the end, he was her only client, she was not doing anything for anybody else, and they end up having keeps on growing. Yes, and they end up having an 11 page sex scene, which is not the longest, but that's pretty decent. That's,
0: that's hefty,
1: yeah. Um, so they wake up the next morning and they realize Aiden's like oh yeah I don't even know what time it is like my phone's in my pocket of my pants that are on the floor and Cassie's like oh my phone's downstairs can anybody guess why this might be a terrible idea oh you know
0: because you left your child at an old lady's house nothing bad ever happens to old ladies and you also definitely don't have this kid's aunt trying so hard to get sole custody of this kid
1: Ding ding. So we have a bunch of missed calls because Wanda had a heart attack last night and Sophie couldn't get a hold of anyone. So she had to call <laughs> literally
0: well, First of all, you you silly little dummy. You're supposed to call nine one one.
1: Well she did. But like, I mean, how do you react no, when you're nine years old? A- My <laughs> gosh. So then uh Wanda has a heart attack. Sophie calls the ambulance, but she's trying to get a hold of her her nanny and her. Dad, and she ends up calling Iris, who you can imagine is only gonna use this for ammo. She's like, I am taking notes, I have a screen, <laughs> I've taken screenshots. They rush to the hospital. Wanda's gonna be okay, but Iris Sophie... is filming the whole thing
0: to use <laughs> in for. Iris.
1: Iris is like, I am coming with evidence. Um, again, I cannot blame Iris for shit, to be honest. Nope, I think that's reasonable. So I like Wanda's gonna be okay, Sophie's terribly shaken up and iris chews out aiden and she and says like you left her with an elderly woman that you and her barely know just to fuck your nanny and you know what she's not wrong and finally she ends the conversation by saying i'm gonna take you to court over this like and i'm sure that a judge would love to hear about your relationship with your nanny that you left your daughter in the care of so
0: i'm doing a big giggle i won't get into the story but just for the audience's purpose know that i had a conversation about something similar to this this weekend with someone specifically about the concept of leaving an old person by themselves and the fear that something might happen to them and so it's funny that this came true
1: in this book what goes around comes around um so mentally cassie is thinking I don't want Aiden to lose Sophie over his affair with me and I need to leave him because I don't want to give anybody ammo against him in this situation. Because single dads aren't allowed to date. Nope. Um, and meanwhile, Aiden and Sophie have a great heart to heart in which Sophie also says, she's like, I don't want Cassie to leave. And like, Aiden's like, me too. And then she's like, I love Cassie. And he's like, me too. That's interesting. I would
0: have been like, dad, it's pretty fucked up that you didn't answer the phone when I was oh trying to God. call you in this, uh, witnessing a medical trauma an old lady who I barely know is having.
1: Literally. Yes. So of course, when Cassie comes home, she tells him like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't have this against you. If they were to go to court, like I, if anybody found out how we met and then the fact that I got this job, like that would also look probably terrible. And when he's fighting for her to stay, she kind of does that thing where she tells him the worst thing possible for him to let her go. You know, like like I had, you weren't even my favorite client. I had a million clients. No, she says you, I did it for the money. She instead says something that's really kind of shitty to Sophie, which is, as much as I love Sophie, I'm not ready to be anybody's mother. Wow. Which is like, wow. Okay, girl. So now is the (laughs) iconic time that our two lovebirds spend apart from one another during the book. And they're both a mess. But of course- How can they get back together? Exactly. A third act breakup is necessary in almost all rom-coms, apparently. But Cassie runs into Iris at a coffee shop in which she kind of gives her an earful about Aiden and like how much- she loves sophie how much he loves sophie blah 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 and also i left for the good of the cause like you know like you can never use me against him like please don't and also like except yeah she probably could also (laughs) but then they also kind of it's like this part where she's kind of telling her off but also they have this mutual respect for each other and then sure iris said i'm sorry for what i said when i was upset like i'm sorry for what i said when i was hurting and you know she's like look we've all been there so there's kind of this mutual respect also during this moping time wanda gives her monologue about how the love of her like life she lost him and i don't know it's not really relevant but it's thrown in there to give the hero you know one final faith and love i like that she wanda's the hero yeah no wanda's the hero at this point not she's not heart else attack. in this In this, no one else has done anything heroic but Wanda having a heart attack. Honestly, this woman is the only thing that's making this plot work. So then one night, guess who shows up at Cassie's door? Aiden? No, Sophie. The child? Sophie ran away while her dad was at the restaurant and like she was supposed to be waiting for him and went to Cassie's, which really Cassie is staying at Wanda's. So that's how she kind of knew. Because she's been to Wanda. So she was like, I took an Uber not here. She <laughs> couldn't Cassie was the her. traumatic location of this woman's heart attack. And so she will always remember where Wanda lives. I'm sure the 911 operator like was like, what's the address? And it's like seared in her mind now. Well, well I've never been here before. <laughs> so then, uh so Sophie it comes in and she's like, please come back to the house. Like, dad loves you. And Cassie's like, it's not that simple. But it is, um. And Cassie is like, I got to take you back to him. I know you to, you want to make things better, but like, it just can't happen. I'm sorry. So she takes him. She takes Sophie back to Aiden's house, and turns out Aiden called out like the whole police force to look for his daughter. So like, I guess that's just show that he cares. Like, I mean, what parent wouldn't? But also, <laughs> surprise. Is a point of, we need to address this anyway. Did it say the, the races of any of these people? I, the I'm place? so glad you brought this up because I am a hundred percent going to tell you that I'm almost guaranteeing you that they're all white to my knowledge. I'm just guessing based on how quickly the police decided to care about a missing kid. Uh, That is exactly what the joke I was going to make, which is not a joke and it is not funny, but it's also very true. No, everybody seems white in this story other than maybe I think that the friend from grad school was maybe a person of color, but I might be wrong. Anyway, noted. so then Aiden kind of gets mad at Cassie like low key and is like, I heard you talk to Iris. Like, why would you tell her all of these wonderful things about us? And like, he's not letting her get a word in. And then finally Sophie pipes up and is like, because she loves you. And then he takes that as an invitation to kiss Cassie and everything's better because the kid brought the adults back together. For some people that really works. I'm sure it does. And then the police officer like interrupts, their making out and is like, can we go now? Like, hey, maybe don't use public resources like this, you know, when your kid, you, sh- yeah, your kid just shouldn't do this shit. Anyway, so they're back together. Everyone's lovely. She's going to move back into the house and in the epilogue is set a year later and Ooh. the scene is that they're waiting for Cassie to get the results of her exam from all of her college stuff and turns out, yay, she passed yay. and yay, we're going to go out for dinner to celebrate, but that's not the only scene because in the last paragraph, it's revealed that Aiden has a little ring box in his back pocket to uh-huh. maybe show at the at the dinner. So he's gonna bake it in a little cake and give it to her. <laughs> that would be delightful. Um, he's gonna put it in a champagne looks. flute. That's our story. Like I said, not heavy on the plot, but there's some there's some wackiness in there. Um, so to start out for diversity, I'm gonna give us a one.
0: Yeah, I was also, I wrote that down. Uh, It's, I I kind of assumed based on the, this is kind of lame, but I assumed that if it was more diverse, authors would say so. So when they don't really explicitly say so, I assume that it's not. And also because of the quickness with which the authorities opted to get involved with this missing child's case. Really gave that away for me personally.
1: (laughs) Very true. But also I really don't think, I think, um, the only person of color may have been the graduate friend right so what are you going to give the plot i will give the plot
0: hmm, i'll give the plot like a like a three
1: like it's it's i'm giving it a three a generous
0: three yeah i I do think i was gonna do a 2.5 but then i bumped it up to a three because i enjoyed myself but it's not like anything is uh too wacky there
1: the smut. I'm gonna give it a 3.5 because there was a lot of it. I didn't mm-hmm. go through every scene with you guys, but there was quite a bit.
0: I'm going to do. I was uh, that seems high. Um, I'll do a 3.5. I thought about do like, closer to a four for me than a three, where my extra credit goes to having very explicit conversations about. Uh, testing for STDs yes. and, and making sure that we're safe before we're having So you're sex. doing
1: a 3.5? Yeah. Okay, great. And then do you want to tell us what the cover looks like? It's pretty It's pretty neutral.
0: Yes, it is a light blue cover. It says the nanny. The nanny does not look like Fran Drescher, um, which is disappointing to me personally, but on either side of the words of the nanny, you've got uh, Aiden on one side and then you've got Cassie on the other side, just kind of leaning up against the sides of the book. Um, and that's all I like, can see because our cameras are super pixely.
1: Great. <laughs> um, what did I miss? No, that is literally it. Um, the, there's like a little quote on the cover from Ruby Dixon who wrote Ice Planet Barbarians. Um, who references if this would this book is like if Allie Hazelwood who wrote The Love Hypothesis mm-hmm. and Tessa Bailey. Who wrote "It Happened One Summer"? Mm-hmm. Had a spicy baby. I devoured every page and was sad to see it end. International bestseller, uh, best-selling author Ruby Dixon. It says, "When the one that got away is closer than you think." And wow, uh, look, Indeed. I'm going to give it a two. I like a cartoon cover, but there's not enough on it to make it like super cute or stand out.
0: Yeah, I found it, I find it to be plain,
1: so I'd give it the same. Wow, I'm so glad we're so on the same page about. All of this, We're so very in sync. We really are. So you gave one for we both gave one for diversity, yes. uh three for plot, mm-hmm. a 3.5 for smut, and mm-hmm. a two for the cover, which brings us <laughs> this sucks, uh to 47.5 percent, which is still pretty low. We've had a pretty low week this week. Yes, that's okay. What is, what is your final what the smut moment? It.
0: In no world does it make sense for any person anywhere to take off their shirt to clean up a spill. Absolutely and I'm not, not sorry for that opinion.
1: I am going to agree with you. And I'm also going to add that the standing up having sex thing is really throwing me off because it just doesn't sound, it sounds really difficult to me. And actually, it, yes, I
0: agree. I think it is very difficult but i'm going to change my answer finish okay, yours what's what's the last part of your answer then my true what the smut moment is that i went in for a good ratatouille joke and you forgot oh that gosh. the main guy in
1: this book is a chef we're never going to talk about that again thank you um, <laughs> yeah it's not recorded for this podcast. no no one ever bring this up against me um Look, it was a good time. It was a fun time. You can find us if you so choose on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at at say smut podcast. Additionally, we'd love to hear your book recommendations. Send those our way via email at say smut podcast at gmail.com. And we'd also love it if you popped us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choosing. By the way, we know most of you are on Spotify. We've got a couple on Apple podcasts, but most of you guys are on Spotify. So just like, you know, su- subscribe, follow, all that fun yeah. stuff, and and uh, we'll we'll see you at the next one. Everybody, file your HR complaints as necessary, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.